Fantasy Nerds of the Nerd Imperium, welcome to this week's episode of the Currently Nerdy Podcast. We are your inner conclave of nerdum. My name is Diz, and I am your pop culture and sports nerd. Ali? I am Ali, your classic nerd. And I'm V, your comic nerd. I don't know what it was, but I felt like I didn't do that intro right. Did I do it right? You, you never do it right. I know. I feel like I've been fucking it up since day one. I listened to our first episode again. The mm. intro that I did then does not mm. sound the same as the one I've been doing now. Well, yeah, of course, because it was the first time you did it. I mean, we've been doing it for what, like over six years now. Mm. Yeah. It's not. It's not going to sound the same. Dude, it was I, a lot I, longer I re- back then. That's true. Yeah. I uh, I stole our intro from like episode one from the Art of Wrestling podcast with Colt Cabana. I was like, this is a life podcast. <laughs> this is a current events podcast, the political podcast. Oh, I actually told everyone what we were doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there was also, I am the uncommon common man. That's still my favorite line that's ever been said on this podcast. That's uh, from wrestling also, isn't it? Uncommon no. common man? No, that's from so. fucking the brain of Mustafa. Was it? It's from something. He didn't make it up. I mean, yeah, there's no way that uh, uh, that he was the only one who ever said that before. It's impossible. It's from something, though. I remember hearing it before. I don't know where. Yeah. I mean, it really doesn't matter now, does it? No, but I, I want to give credit where it's due. I don't know. It doesn't say anything. Oh, it's a fucking... Never mind. That Mustafa wouldn't have gotten it from a fucking BYU TV show. What? Interesting. It's a TV show for like a Mormon uh, TV show, like Brigham Young University. Show BYU Idaho Devo- devotional, the uncommon common man, Spencer V Jones from June tenth, two thousand and eight. I'm sure they didn't. I mean, obviously they weren't the only ones that said it. But it doesn't matter, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't fucking know. Whatever, man, dude. I had my fantasy football draft this week. V. I think I did well. Did you really know? I mean, everyone always says that shit, and then, you know, it's that the people who know football end up screwing themselves, and it's always like, you know, uh, Pam from The Office, who ends up, like, winning all the, wins everything, because it's based on how, like, the jerseys that she likes and shit. Yeah, okay, no, so you're thinking of, like, March Madness pools, which I made you and Ali do one year for a fucking currently nerdy giveaway where I gave out a speaker, mm-hmm. Um, but... No, this one, you have to, like, do some research and shit. You know, you look at all that. I had a co-GM, all right? Shout out to my boy, Wes Cummings. But um, of all the days... Yeah, co-GM. We're general managers. That's what you call yourselves in this thing, right? But of all the days for this guy's wife to go into labor, she chose the day of her fantasy draft. Did you tell her to hold it in? No, man. I I was super stoked for him. So congrats to my boy, Wes. Uh, Wes, I know you're listening. We've called the fantasy draft D&D for sports nerds. Exactly. It's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Basically, yeah. But yeah. uh, But there's no, honestly, like, it's not nearly as interesting. There's no sword wielding. There's no magic missile. You're not killing any trolls. I think the the magic missile is called a football. Yeah. Look, man. Nothing magic about that. First... I want to say shout out to Wes and Chelsea and their new baby Layla. All right, I like the name that they gave their daughter, Layla Cummings. Great name. Congratulations, um, your mom. Yeah, congrats. I know that's what I told him. I was trying to convince him to name his son David, but he didn't have a son. He ended up having a girl. He didn't uh, do like that whole gender reveal thing. He just waited till the day that she was born to find out if it was a boy or a girl. Fair enough. Which, uh, yeah, it's cool. A lot of people don't do that nowadays. Um, he wanted a surprise. Look, all right. Fantasy football is exciting because you have all sorts of shit talking, you know, 
You have to do a lot of studying. You during our draft, we had a fucking shit ton of pizza. We had a shit ton of booze. It was a fun time. It took us two and a half hours. Normally, it takes people like half an hour to do a fantasy draft. We did it in like two and a half because we all got pretty hammered and started drafting players. Mm. It was fun, you know. And uh, that's a that's a nice segue to coming up soon. We're gonna have another venture from this podcast that deals primarily in sports. So be on the lookout for that. It's obviously an Ali podcast, yeah. naturally. Yes. Yeah, it's gonna be Ali and V, just out there talking talking sports, sports Ali, you and me. Sounds like it'll be it'll be a it'll be a 15 minute long episode and it only lasts three episodes <laughs> it's a, a season will be three episodes and then it'll end up like trailing off into talking about the gin or some shit it sounds like a nightmare ahead <laughs> <laughs> you know worry, who man, also I... you know who also plays like jim brown that one married from the middle of the desert <laughs> or some shit like that wow props on using the name jim brown one of the best running backs of all time yeah. Ali, do you know what team Jim uh, Brown not played for? Not a clue. For? Don't even bother asking. Okay. His last name is also the name of the team that he played for. The Browns? Yes. And where are they from? New York. That's racist. <laughs> <laughs> Cleveland. Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Named after their owner, Paul Brown. Who cares? <laughs> and that's exactly and that's exactly how every episode would end. <laughs> Literally, I'll be so like, "Why the sorry. fuck are we doing this?" I'm so yeah. sorry. I couldn't even muster the energy for it. I just couldn't. I'm sorry. That, and that's our outro right there, Ali, for our pod, for our sports <laughs> podcast. I just, I'm sorry. I just couldn't muster the energy to do this. <laughs> Dude, Jim Brown was influential. Fuck you, Ali. Whatever. <laughs> Wasn't that a lot? Well, wasn't he? Uh, no, he he's older. But was uh, was it Emmett Smith that was on Dancing with the Stars? Was that yes? Him? Emmett Smith actually. The one time I ever watched Dancing with the Stars was when Emmett Smith was on it. I think he went up against like Mario Lopez in the finals. Or oh, some see, that's shit. not even fair though, because Mario Lopez is actually like a dancer, like he's an accomplished but, and a transphobe yeah. apparently. Yeah, apparently, yeah. yeah. He's he's a Maybe dickhead, but you know, but it's fine because I mean, apparently that show's full of them. So mm. yeah, but no, uh, yeah, Emmett Smith actually won Dancing with the Stars. Oh, okay, back in the I day. Didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good for him. But have you guys seen? Uh, have you guys seen the cast of the upcoming season of Dancing with the Stars? Mm, I haven't. Uh, no, I see the situation. I, I have no. I, honestly, there's only there's only literally one person uh, that really. I mean that doesn't matter, but we really should address, um, and that is our favorite propagandist, the fucking ranch flavored Gerbils known as Sean Spicer. Oh yeah, I did see Sean Spicer was on there. I didn't. I don't know who else was on the cast, but I did see they announced Sean Spicer was trending on uh, Twitter. I mean, let's face it, right? Dancing with the Stars. It's like they really don't get these huge. They get a lot of you know, random D-list celebrities, people who work for, you know, like home improvement shows mm. and a- occasional athletes here and there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it's never really been like, there's not always, there's not really a whole lot of uh, big names that go on there, but, you know, it is a, a way for them to basically make, uh, I think the minimum is 125 grand or $125,000 to be on the show. And it's an attempt for them to kind of rebuild their images, as we've seen with people like Paula Dean being on there yeah. or uh, Ryan Lochte, right? Like, so there's a lot of people who end up on Dancing with the Stars uh, who I think, number one, uh, you know, try, are trying to rehab their image mm. because uh, that is one way to do it. And also, you know, uh, 
the show itself kind of thrives on that controversy, right? Like they, oh, yeah, yeah. they're trying to look for people in order to, uh, who, you know, who cause, who kind of stir up trouble in order for them to kind of build the ratings so that ultimately needs money. Yeah. You know, but I, I, you know, I can't be the only one who sees problems in this, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like, I mean, the, yeah. the reliance on the fact that, you know, we want people to tune in. But what's particularly an issue here is it's not just that they picked someone controversial. Like you said, they do that a lot. Oh, we're going to tune in. He's the most hated person in this country or something like that. Paula Dean, right, is a good example of that. Mm-hmm. It's the problem that, that they're rehabilitating or how willing both um, our industries are and our society is to rehabilitate people who have done extreme levels of harm. I mean, Sean Spicer mm. isn't an ordinary press secretary. He is a person no. who, I mean, who literally came out from the very first day and lied to Americans and not lied about benign things. This is a man who lied about fucking gas chambers, who lied about Hitler, yeah. who fucking lied about various policies, child separation. What I mean, like, it's it's unacceptable that we're willing to rehabilitate it. And to, to be clear, while t- Twitter threw a little bit of a tantrum, um, no one's walked off on the show. No one said, hey, I'm not going to be on this show anymore now that I found out that Sean Spicer's going to be on there. Yeah, They've just yeah. kind of all been, oh, it sucks, but it is what it is. And that, to me, is a problem. Absolutely. Bro, the, thing, the thing is, they don't give a shit, right? They had Bristol Palin on there. Um, the year that Emmett Smith won it, the first person eliminated from that season was Tucker Carlson. You know, oh, I forgot he um, was on there. Yeah, yeah. Tucker Carlson was the first. Republicans in general seem to really like going on Dancing with the Stars. It's the only time they can touch an athletic woman. <laughs> uh, um, but you know, like this year, like look, man. Uh, as big as a sports fan as I am, they have Ray Lewis on there, who's super problematic. You know, Ray Lewis was accused of murder. Oh, that's and, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on the show. Uh, Lamar Odom, who's had like issues. Like, I'm okay with like redeeming people who've had addictions, right? Mm-hmm. So, Lamar Odom had a drug addiction, but like, he he's on the show at the same time as someone like Sean Spicer and like Ray Lewis, which is just, it's like, what are you guys trying to do here? Like, you, you're really just like, they're using the words that the, the great Eric Bischoff said is that controversy equals cash. And they're just trying to get people that are controversial shit to get people to watch or hate watch, right? Because mm. it's a it's a tactic that people do. So it's like they'll be they'll play the heel for cheap. The problem people. the problem is is not just that they're using controversy for ratings, is that they are flying in the face of any notion of social accountability. If our society exists in such a state that people can get away with the stuff that Sean Spicer got away with, there's no incentive. There's no recourse there's no accountability to hold those people in check there's a reason why some of us are so frustrated with the bush era is because that all the bush era people who led us into world war who led us into the iraq war Mm -hmm. ended up coming back i mean people now in the resistance are all about bill crystal and fucking what the the joe walsh Joe Walsh and 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 from and you know these people who literally lied us into war. If a society is unable to hold people accountable, then it has failed fundamentally in in its like deepest moral mission, right? And that's a that that's my issue. It's not just that they're courting controversy. That's just fucking capitalism, attention capitalism at its finest, yeah. right? All shows mm-hmm. do this. Everything does this. But it's the fact that Sean Spicer hasn't even faced any repercussions for what he's done yet. 
Someone like Sean Spicer should spend the rest of his days hiding from the shit he's done. Yeah, but keeping low profile because everywhere he goes, people laugh at him, point at him, scowl at him, spit in his food, etc. I'm not saying that they should do those things, to be clear. <laughs> I'm not endorsing those things, but I'm saying that there should be some form of shame, at least, for what he's done. The fact that he's shameless about his past is because we allow him to be shameless of his past. Yeah. And Dancing with the Stars is a is a cog in that machine. I mean, now, to be fair, also, I mean, there are some reactions from some of the people. I think the the host um, talks about how, yeah, Tom Bert is Bergeron. Bergeron yeah. yeah, like he talks about how it's like he, it was, you know, it, he had to kind of go in defense mode and talked about how he, he didn't want it because, and, uh, you know, how he's just kind of doing, you know, he's doing work. It's just as the show wants it, so he has to do it. Whereas, like, there was uh, Karamo from, uh, from Queer Eye. <laughs> Who was talking about how he wants to uh, open up dialogue and and look at you know and, and look at it from the other from the other side or whatever or talk you know do that weird kind of very I think he actually amicable said Sean Spicer is a good guy or something like yeah that. he mentioned something like that and I'm going you know that is uh, the worst way of approaching this situation like but uh, to to even do that is fucked up in my opinion but that's the thing that they've been doing right like. Look, man, someone like George Bush or George W. Bush has become a sympathetic figure nowadays, right? In in a lot of people's eyes, right? Well, he's not as bad as Trump. Look how good he was towards Muslims. Look how he said this about Muslims, right? And like you know, they put him on fucking Jimmy Kimmel and like, oh, he's so cute. He's just lovably dumb, right? No, this guy fucking literally sent us to war on false pretenses and now destabilized the, the longest whole... war in American the longest war in American history, history yeah. as a result of this completely fact. fucking destabilized I mean, the, the Middle East the, the, that we are very very eager to forgive powerful powerful people I mean along those same lines pro Jared recently the guy who uh, was caught a while back uh, cheating on his wife soliciting nudes from minors and whatnot released a video in which he basically says that oh you've been lied to i didn't really cheat on my wife here are the stories but the real accusation he focuses on is that is that he was soliciting nudes from minors uh and sent uh, his own nudes to minors uh the person who accused him deleted their account because they were harassed off the internet basically mm-hmm. Um, he openly admits on the on his own YouTube video, he's like, oh, well, I did ask for nudes from people, but I don't think that's predatory. That's what he says. And then he goes on and he poisons the well. He brings up the fact that the person who accused them had some sort of uh, injury or mental illness trying to poison the well and whatnot. And he does a bunch of things, goes, there's no hard evidence, there's nothing. He, you know, he puts up a stout defense. Everyone jumped up to defend him. Yeah. Everyone's like, I'm so sorry that, you know, I doubted you. You're a good guy. I'm back on your side. You should watch. And then anyone who pointed out, I was like, hey, he solicited nudes from minors. You should watch the video. He says he solicited nudes. He just claims that he didn't know for a fact whether there were minors or not. Mm-hmm. Let's say there were adults. He's still in a predatory position. This is the person of power who's using their who's using their platform in order to solicit nudes from fans. That's a problem. In this country, we are so eager, so eager to protect the privileged. We're so eager to forgive people who are powerful, who are wealthy, and who are elite. And so long as we are kind of conditioned to do that, I mean, I'm sorry, but people who, what was the guy's name from Dancing with the Stars that said he's a nice guy? What was his name? Oh, Karamo. 
Karamo. Yeah. People like Karamo. You know, Sean Spicer, if he was a, had his way, would deny you your basic human rights. But you're so eager to see him as a good guy. Ordinary people who are subscribed to people like Pro Jared. Pro Jared doesn't know who the fuck you are. But here you are putting your name on the line, defending someone who's predatory. That That's something that boggles my mind. It's one of the most successful, I think, manifestations of, of, of hegemony or hegemonic power that ordinary people are willing to forgive, are willing to give second chances, mm. and make all sorts of excuses and defend powerful elite people who are fucking them over daily you know, seriously how, that's how fandoms work though bro we've we've talked about how toxic like fandoms can be super toxic you know, especially in a case like this look man i don't i don't want to be down for the rest of this podcast all right um i want to talk about things that that make me happy is that okay with you guys can we do that? No. Okay, fine. Well, let's talk about things that make me happy regardless. <laughs> Over the weekend, D23 happened. Yeah. And that uh, is true, yeah, D23 in Anaheim. Yeah, which is which is our well, two of our homes. Yeah. 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 Can I tell you a funny story about this real quick? Go for it. Sure. So, I I went out with some friends, uh, a couple friends, uh, Nura and her brother, Red one uh, checking out the new city in Philly. I went to this nice little Turkish restaurant, and uh, first shout out to Ridwan and Nora. Thank you for taking me out. It was really fun seeing Philly with y'all. Um, dear friends of mine, haven't seen them for a few months. Go to this nice restaurant. We're enjoying a nice meal. Uh, it's Middle Eastern Turkish food, and the, our our waiter, our waitress, I should say, uh, lovely gal, but really isn't that paying too much attention to us. It's a little bit frazzled, right? Entire night, just kind of making minimal effort. At one point, Ridwan mentions that Tom Holland, Spider-Man Tom Holland, mm -hmm. was somewhere in Philly earlier in the day. And you should have seen how wrapped her, after her attention was instantly. <laughs> what? Tom Holland? Oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, you're a fan. She said, I wouldn't say I'm a fan. But she was so excited. It was the most interest she had shown the entire night. <laughs> and I was just like, damn, that Tom Holland kid, he really brings out joy in people's lives. Seriously. And that's why it would be a shame if he left the MCU. Yeah. Did you see um, uh, Jeff Goldblum's? response no when they asked him about what it what did he say you've even seen no. this how about you v have you seen it? i saw it but i wasn't paying attention honestly you guys gotta go, I gotta see. go, watch, you gotta go it, watch it, it on twitter yeah variety asked him say like, have you heard about this and he said he he it's it's jeff goldblum asking questions of jeff goldblum has to be like the closest you get to an acid trip without ever being on acid <laughs> it's just yeah. one of he's one of the most and I'm, I've, I'm convinced that uh, someone on Twitter said this, and I think they're absolutely right. I, I should give them credit. I couldn't find who they are. But he's like, I'm convinced that Jeff Goldblum is an alien from outer space, and we all know it. <laughs> but we just pretend, because we love him so much, we pretend he's human. Uh -huh. <laughs> I can, I we can, pretend like his, his human <laughs> act is like convincing us. I can, I can definitely see that. Definitely see that. I'll, I'll vouch for that, yeah. Yo. Um, just real quick, I think we uh, we were quick to blame Sony in that situation. Turns out uh, Stan Lee's daughter is actually yeah. Team Sony and not Team Disney. Yeah, apparently. Just, just saying. I'm Team none of them. Fuck both of those corporations. You're Team down yeah. with capitalism. I just, honestly, I just don't want 
I don't want Spider-Man to leave the MCU. I don't care whose fault yeah. it is. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but they, like, did you guys see the photos from the Eternals? I was because I, I follow Kumail Nanjiani on Twitter because he's one of my favorite comedians, and like he was mm-hmm. posting pictures of like the outfits from the Eternals. It looked dude. Yeah, the Eternals look good. Yeah, like I, I looks good. I liked his little purple outfit, and uh, I didn't. I didn't realize Angelina Jolie's in it. Oh, yeah, yeah and then also deal. our boy uh, John Snow. No, not John Snow. Um, it's what's his face? Fucking the Eternals. Yeah, right. Kit Harrington. Is it Kit? Har- no, I thought the other guy was in it. The fucking yeah. No, they permit. They said Kit Harrington. It was a surprise reveal that Kit Harrington is going to be in the Eternals. Oh, I thought Rob fucking Stark was in it. I know that's the. They were talking about people making a joke about how they're how they're having a reunion, like a brothers reunion, like a oh, like a Stark I, I reunion. Thought he, I, I thought he's in. It's Marvel's Black Knight, is what Kit Harrington. But it's it's in it's in the Eternals. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, where you or why you're living under a rock here. But uh, as V pointed out, it's in the Eternals. His character is, I think, Black Knight. It is, yeah, Black Knight. And so he's gonna eventually join not just uh, Eternals, but the broader MCU with. potentials for uh the new avengers etc oh shit okay i just i'm basing yeah. it off the pictures i saw from kumail nanjiani's twitter and then actually oh. what, what did you think you uh kit harrington was in? i didn't think kit harrington was in it i knew that rob stark was oh, in it okay. i saw i saw rob stark in the the photo oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. he's not he's not up on the on the, yeah, um, on know, the dais the, the Camille, yeah, yeah that's yeah, that's where i based it off of but yeah, man, okay. they uh they dropped a lot of uh like trailers and then they released a date for Black Panther two. It's gonna be in uh twenty twenty two. So we have we have about two and a half years. There was a lot of trailers. Did you guys catch which trailers there were? Yeah, they went hardcore oh, with it. There was um I mean this is because the they had they had decided that they were going to also drop kind of the uh Disney Plus you know, like kind of the preview for the Disney Plus uh streaming service also. You know, and then we're seeing some remakes like I think Lizzie McGuire, oddly enough, is uh is like uh yeah, they're yeah. doing that. And then there's also I mean, there's the new uh, I mean we're we'll talk about it later, but like there's also, you know, the new Star Wars live action shows that are I think are gonna be pretty revolutionary when you consider I mean John Favreau signed you know, is doing the Mandalorian and mm. um I think Ewan McGregor is coming back as Obi Wan, isn't he? Like if I remember they had mentioned yep. that as well. Like those are that's that huge. That's fucking huge. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, excited. Big deal for nerds, man. Yeah, but also there a lot of they're they're pushing a lot of this stuff to the, this Disney Plus streaming service. What's interesting is the promo they actually did for it. Um, the Disney Plus put out like a tweet, and then Disney responded to it. Marvel responded to it. The event, like like mm-hmm. everything that they own, like all all the kind of companies that Disney owns, responded to it. And so as a result, the tweet went viral, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it was like a manufactured viral because all of those people were pool, all those Twitter accounts were pooling their collective followers into that one tweet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Interesting. You know, it's like they, they, were, they were creating engagement of their own. Uh, it was really fascinating. Like you could literally see it's like one corporation with multiple personalities <laughs> having a conversation with itself. But it's mind-boggling. What's fascinating is like they they really are setting this thing up to be a rival to Hulu Netflix. and Netflix. Oh, absolutely. And, 
and all these other different kind of streaming services as if Disney needs even more control or more product or more ways of, of, you know, getting our money directly. Oh, I mean, seriously. Well, okay. So that's the thing that these companies do, right? Cause they know like we're willing to spend, right? Um, so they exploit us, right? They're, they're always pushing out new products. They're always pushing out toys. They're always pushing out stuff like, different things we have to subscribe for like streaming services like if you're a huge disney like fan or if you're a big fan of like the mcu and stuff like that like you fucking live for like d23 and like comic-con and stuff like that and like correct me if i'm wrong but this used to like comic-con was a place for people who shared the same interests to meet up and kind of have like a sense of community and kind of like you know, share what they love with other people who love the same stuff as them. But now it's just become like this fucking like mass exploitation of like consumerism. Like come here, well, I mean, buy this, I mean, watch this. I mean, that that's capitalism at its heart. I mean, that's not particularly unique to Disney in any way, shape or form, but that's all these conventions that's are what, like yeah. that. All these kind of platforms are like this. I mean, even one could argue just the production of Marvel itself is that. But what's interesting about streaming services is that what we're seeing is a lot of these companies are trying to cut out the middleman, mm-hmm. right? So the uh, traditionally when movies are made, there's all sorts of hands it kind of goes through. And then there's platforms that as you know, it goes out to the theaters and whatnot, right? They're cutting all of that out. In other words, they're trying to centralize as much of the profit as possible. And that's what why these streaming services are so interesting is that they're, they're a deliberate attempt by corporations to shape the way our kind of viewing habits exist. As it is, streaming has already changed their viewing habits. We've talked about this, mm-hmm. right? The, the binge watching is a kind of unique experience in the same way that channel surfing was TV's, you know, uh, habit creation, right? The fact of having a remote did something to the way we viewed. We wouldn't gather around the TV. We would sit and click, Mm -hmm. right? Well, now we sit and binge watch. But what we're seeing now is a very deliberate attempt to move away going, most people shouldn't go out to the movie theaters. Most people shouldn't go out and buy them. You stay at home and stream. And who do you stream with? The exact same people who created the movies in the first place. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, people, there. If companies are going to find whatever way that can make them like a buck the quickest. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, they're always going to do that. And if you know finding a way to stream is the way to do it then they're gonna do it the fucking wwe cut out pay-per-views by creating a wwe network fucking ufc created a way to to cut out pay-per-view providers and cable providers by putting all their stuff on espn plus and now you have to pay for espn plus before you could pay pay for a fucking pay-per-view for ufc it's just another way for them to make more money so if they could find a way that's gonna make their profit margins higher they're gonna fucking do it yeah, well, I think it's a. I mean, the landscape of streaming is also changing now because of that, right? Because you know the the only game in town at one point was Netflix, you know, and then mm-hmm. in Hulu and stuff. And now that these companies are creating their own, you know, their own brands, this I I think this is going to be interesting because you went from having these programs that were, you know, that were the middleman, right, to literally having the studios themselves go, well, we can do it ourselves, and you know, creating direct. Like direct, uh, you know, from from the company to the consumer, as opposed to having to go through a Netflix or a Amazon or a Hulu, 
And then mm-hmm. somehow now this is interesting. It's like, you know, uh, when I when I first heard about Netflix streaming, there was a part of me coming. That's kind of cool because I don't want to pay fifty dollars a month to watch TV. So I'll pay the ten dollars a month on Netflix and I can just kind of watch whatever they provide for me. Uh, and now because everything seems to be splitting up, you know, all the, the MCU uh, Pixar movies, Disney movies are going to be going off, you know, to 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 D uh, to Disney Plus, and then now people are they're they have Hulu accounts, they have Netflix accounts, they're going to have a DC account maybe, and everything. It's like, are you at the end of the day, are we going to end up paying just as much as we did for the cable service, um, as you know, as we do for streaming services? Because now all the shows have been split up again, and then we've almost like recreated right. that same, you know, like kind of that same pay structure yeah. that we were trying to get away from. Night. Yeah, well, it's not just it's not even just the pay structure. Mm-hmm. It's also about exclusivity, yeah. right? If I want to watch a fucking Marvel movie, now I've got to fucking subscribe to Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. I got to pay a monthly service fee just because I want to watch one fucking movie. There's a bunch of stuff that's coming out on there. And I'm like, well, shit. This would have been great if it was out in the theater or something. Mm-hmm. I could watch once. Now I have to subscribe to something in order to watch that thing. Okay, first of all, you know this is. Uh, listen, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna combat both of you because what you're both gonna do. Is you're gonna have me pay for it and just use my logins? Obviously, I haven't used your logins. Well, I've offered you my logins. You just don't want to give those companies ratings. Ali is a man of principle. I am not. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. V's all over my Hulu account. Actually, I haven't <laughs> logged in since you changed your password. Oh well, you will be logging in soon. There's a new season of Sunny on there. Does it ever mess up your algorithm? Yeah, sometimes, man. I get fucking like, like in regards to, like what's recommended. To yeah, you. like I, I get recommended like Boy Meets World and fucking uh, Saved by the Bell because that's what V watches on there. Yeah, I went on a '90s nostalgia <laughs> trip, and then um like Nura watches like random TV shows on my thing too. So like I'll get like Power recommended to me and like oh, uh, Jesus. what's the there was like another HBO show that like she watches and like I get that recommended to me. And then my sister in law is always watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians, so. I get Kardashian stuff recommended to me. It's a fucks with me, man. We should mention that the most popular thing that came out of this D23 convention is, of course, the Star Wars trailer. Oh, absolutely. Rise of Skywalker. I had to tell you, man. It was... um, Oh, sorry. Please. I was just going to say, what what was interesting is that this wasn't actually a trailer. It was just the cast that came up. Uh, for the last time, right? Because this is supposed to be the end of a saga, a nine-part uh, saga, mm-hmm. right? Technically, the old trilogy and the new trilogy, and then what? The new new trilogy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, like uh, the originals, the prequels, and the new ones. So it would be the end. But they did release uh, some footage, uh, which bits of clips and whatnot, that then they made into a teaser. Uh, and that really hyped people up. Absolutely. Well, I, you know, I think, I, I think we've established this in past episodes before, where, you know, we we've always been we always love Star Wars. We still love Star Wars, but these these past couple of movies haven't impacted us the way that the other ones have, right? Like the the, the most recent movies have been more for the next generation more so than ours. Uh, but the one thing that they did right. with this with this trailer, which I thought was pretty genius, actually, was that. They made it a point, like you know, they start, you know, with the with the two sons on Tatooine, right? And then they have, and they're showing you all the classic characters, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, you you get that you get that nostalgia again, right? You get that you get that little like the knot in your in your stomach, and it combined with kind of the genius score, 
you know, it, it, it brings back, it evokes all those interesting memories that you had as a kid watching Star Wars for the first time and the imagination right. that, you know, like the things that you could, you know, when we, when we played Star Wars, you know, we pretended and there was, there was no limits, right? Because you were in another world, the possibilities were endless. I remember distinctly right. us playing it when we were, you know, in elementary school or whatever else and just being able to kind of create this universe and, you know, and it really immersed you. Um, and I think that's that is the talent of Disney in general is that these trailers, they hit like every emotion and they get you really pumped up, despite the fact it's like, I know that I'm not really into this series. I don't I couldn't tell you a lot of the storylines that happened, you know, um, for, uh, for these for this last trilogy. Or I couldn't remember a lot of it because I found it to be largely forgettable. Mm-hmm. But when I watched, the, you know, the, the, the teaser, all those feelings kind of mm-hmm. came f- flying back. You know, and and it made me go, oh, fuck, Star Wars is coming. Like it's like it's it's that same feeling that I get every single time I see their trailer, right. and I think that's their talent. Right. Well, I think part of it is the fact that that Star Wars itself and the nostalgia is intrinsic to Star mm-hmm. Wars. And I've mentioned this because of the the genre of Star Wars. People call it a space opera, um, or one a fantasy done in space. Right? Is that probably more than than other forms of sci-fi, or even more than any of the forms of kind of nerd, um, you know, series from Marvel, etc. Nostalgia is part of mm-hmm. it. So when you so when we saw the very first, I mean, if you if you remember the very first movie, A New Hope. Some of the lines and they're very clearly indicated, right? It was a weapon for a more civilized age. Yeah, right. There's the. It's about. It's like there, a lot of what Obi Wan says is about this kind of past that existed, right? He always hinted at this past that was glorious and kind of great and interesting and fascinating, and things had faded. Um, and then eventually, you know, as the series progressed, we got a chance to see that past. But the very first trailer. Uh, that was released in the new era for the Force Awakens. Even the story, think about what it, the the premise is: the Force Awakening again. That means it was in slumber. So nostalgia plays a role in it. What about the legend of the Jedi and all that? It's all true. Yeah, right? yeah. So the, the nostalgia is very much part of Star Wars, and a good director knows how to tap into it. A good storyteller within the Star Wars universe knows how to tap into it. And I think J.J. Abrams, to a certain extent, can do this. People complained how that that uh, Force Awa- uh, the Force Awakens was too much like a New mm-hmm, Hope, mm-hmm. and I can't and I agree that perhaps maybe for some people it came off as derivative or too similar, but I would also argue that partly that is the result of the fact that J.J. Abrams knows that he needs to build on familiar tropes. Yeah, which is what he did with Star, Star Trek. Wars. Exactly. Star Well, Star Wars, here's the thing. Star Trek is slightly different in that regards. He does do some very interesting things with Star Trek. He actually kind of breaks canon, does like kind of resets the entire story. He doesn't do that with Star Wars. In fact, with Star Wars, he's a lot more cautious. He does some, some really imaginative things, but in terms of storytelling, it's actually very familiar. And that's because he sticks to the traditional hero's journey. It's very much a very hero's journey story. And so a lot of the stuff is very familiar. One of the reasons why I think people pushed back so hard on Ryan Johnson's flick is that it didn't fit into that. Ryan Johnson tried too hard to be subversive. And so as a result, you didn't get the same nostalgic feel. You know what I mean? Like when you watched The Force Awakens, you were returning to something. 
you were part of the old memories, right? When 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 Han says they were all true, you go, yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're you're part of it. You think that memory making is there. Um, it's not there in in the Last Jedi, and you can argue that that's a good thing because it does its own unique kind of style. But I think J.J. Abrams kind of is clever in that regards. The teaser, as much as I'm like, yeah, I'm not entirely on board, it certainly made me a little excited because I'm like, maybe, maybe J.J. Abrams can write the ship a little bit. He probably will fail, and I'll be miserable about it. But hearing Palpatine's voice, right? Like, there's something about like, damn, this fucker's. Back. I know, really. I know he's your favorite character. <laughs> he's not my favorite character. Yoda, oh, he's the character. most like you. But I, but I, he's not, wow, that's really rude. But I will say that in terms of villains, he's a really for a guy who's not particularly well fleshed out in terms of villains. Right? It's not a lot of backstory to him. If you think about the original trilogies, there's not a lot. That's true. We just know he's the emperor. Yeah, I mean they yeah. get, they gave right. Vader a lot more a lot more um, agency than yeah, Palpatine. Totally. 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 But there's something about him as a son of this arch villain that's kind of masterminding things from behind the scenes that even after the original trilogies were done, people went on to write stories about Palpatine and re- reimagine him as like countless clones. That's true. And like, yeah. So there is something interesting. And then, of course, you see in the trailer. Uh, uh, yeah. But what type of Star Destroyers? Imperial mm-hmm. Star Destroyers. People were talking about that on Twitter like crazy. Like, wait a minute. Are those Imperial Star Destroyers? Those are Imperial Star Destroyers because we're not talking First Order. We're talking yeah, Empire. Yeah, to the Empire. I know. So like, uh, there's something. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. To leave. I am fucking excited. There's actually. There. Like, there's something. Yeah, I know. But in, like, I think I didn't like Ryan Johnson's take on it, right? I didn't like the last movie that much. Same but thing. like. So- Dude, but like the images and the music, everything like it just it just brings you know, those things back. You yeah, know, it's possible that the Imperial Star Destroyers are just a vision or a memory or, or like, you know, a scene from the past, right? And that they're not back. But if they are, imagine that, right? There's also oh my theories. God. What if Palpatine and a favorite general of his or a trusted general of his has actually been chilling in the deep, right? The That's true. Yeah, bring bring back. Android Grand Moff Tarkin. Tark or we or we, people have been really talking about like this is an opportunity to bring who? Admiral Thrawn. Oh uh, yes. Right? Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yeah. It's Grand Admiral, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Grand Admiral. Yeah, that guy's a badass. Look, I know you guys are excited because you guys are bigger Star Wars fans than me. That's it. They don't don't, don't talk shit about Star Wars, I swear no, to I'm God. Not. But look, all right. Here's here's the thing, right? So when The Force Awakens came out. I I really liked that movie, right? I thought it was a great movie, right? Uh, especially, even I knew it was just like I thought it was alright. No, but for what it was, it was a great movie. Like it was trying to bring us back to somewhere, and I I really enjoyed it. Uh, it like scratched the itch, yeah. I think. I yeah, think, yeah, really. They, yeah, it, it was better than all the the prequels for me, you know. Uh, and then when Rogue One came out, like a year after, I was like, oh, Rogue One is dope. Like I really enjoyed Rogue One. And then yeah, Last Jedi came out. And I was just very underwhelmed, right? And then after that, you had Solo come out. And I was just even more underwhelmed. Like, I was more underwhelmed with Solo than I was with Last Jedi. So the last two Star Wars movies that I've seen have been very oh. mediocre to me. Like, mediocre at best. So I'm just like, I don't want them to fuck this up. Well, people have pointed out that Solo actually gets a bad rap because people went in there with like a sort of jaundiced view. 
they went in there with a little bit with like some cynicism and that's why it was hurt whereas in reality storytelling wise solo is actually exciting because it breaks away from the story of the jedi right and the story mm -hmm. of the skywalkers it offers kind of a new take a new opportunity to explore and in many ways sets up uh, star wars even though disney says that they're going to take a break right mm -hmm. and they also have indicated that this is the end of the skywalker uh saga even though they they said that it's clear that with solo that they've opened the door for real kind of world exploration there. Yeah. so solo gets ends up getting a bad rap and i think partly as it's a result of the last jedi no but here's the thing all right i went into solo giving it a clean slate it's clean slate because i'm a huge fucking childish gambino fan all right uh, Donald Glover is one of my favorite actors, favorite comedians, favorite hip hop artists. So like I went in there like, all right, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna come in here thinking it's gonna be the best movie in the world. I'm not gonna come in here thinking it's gonna be terrible. I'm just gonna watch it for what it is. And mostly because Donald Glover is in the movie and like I wanted to give it a fair shake because of that. But it still didn't do it for me. Like and it's making my excitement for Rise of Skywalker like just not as hyped as I was for like last Jedi. We were hyped for last mm. Jedi, dude. We had like all sorts of theories. Like, like we did at least like six or seven episodes on mm. like on last Jedi before it came out. And then once it came out, we're just like, fuck dude, I'm over it. Well, I think the struggle also too, is like in terms of storytelling, it's hard to extricate the story of star Wars from the story of the Skywalkers. Right? Yeah, that's true. And in many ways, the what makes Star Wars Star Wars is the story of the Jedi, the story of the Skywalkers, the sort of mystical components of it. As much as people like cowboys and smugglers and and whatnot, right? Mm -hmm. Which is part part of uh, of Star Wars as well. That's always been like a sort of added like. I like the bounty hunters. I think bounty hunters are great, and maybe some standalone bounty hunter stuff will be interesting. But in general, um. The story of Star Wars is the story of the Force. It's the story of the Jedi. It's so intrinsically tied to that mysticism, into the, the story, that it's hard to kind of think of Star Wars without it, right? I mean, that's, that's what true, lends yeah. that, that magical component to it, that lends that nostalgic, romantic component, is these knightly figures, these monkish knights with mystical powers, right? The power over the Force. Without it, you just have what? Cowboys in Space, Star Trek, mm -hmm. but with more guns. Like, it's trickier, right? I'm not, and again, I'm not saying you can't do it. Mm -hmm. You clearly can, but I think it is trickier. And so, Solo was a risk. Solo was a risk, hoping that the popularity of Han Solo could make up for the loss of the sort of romantic fantasy component of of, of Star Wars. We'll see which direction they take. And I'm excited mostly because, I, to be honest, up until the teaser, I had completely forgotten that it was coming out this year. Yeah, yeah. I thought I think, it was 2020. Oh, yeah, you know, uh, well, it's Christmas, so it's, it's you know, it's at the cusp right there. Yeah, but I had I didn't, I didn't even remember. Like, it just wasn't on my mind. Yeah, and I'm telling you, man, I think part of that is because the two last movies were somewhat mediocre. Yeah, and I think that with the two-year, kind of the two-year break between doesn't help either. It's two years, isn't it? Since uh, the last year. Since uh, 
Last yeah. Jedi, yeah. right? So it's like the two-year break doesn't help either because, I mean, we even talk about this, I think. We can go in depth with it with the streaming thing, but media-wise, storyline-wise, things go by so fast now, it's hard for us to kind of keep up or like we just kind of forget about things really fast now because of the way that media has been designed, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's easy for us to kind of forget about Star Wars. Like we never forget about Star Wars, but we kind of forget about like the upcoming Star Wars a little bit more, I think, right. than what we did when we were younger. Right. You know, even like 10 years ago. Right. Like it was uh, I think I saw that. I noticed that when we were uh, we were really high on the Hobbit series, you know, it was easy for us to kind of count down, right. you know, the Hobbit movies than it was for these Star Wars ones um, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, because I think it's just we just don't for, we just forget about things a lot faster now. Yeah, we do. I mean, it's it's, it's harder too. it's also mostly because it's, there's three of them, whereas like things like Harry Potter, et cetera. There are so many that you 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 were ready for the next one you knew that you needed the next part of the story whereas i yeah. think for a lot of people we're just like oh i forgot oh yeah this story is coming around we should mention two kind of big things around this one the the teaser included an image of ray in black robes wielding a double lightsaber not just a double bladed lightsaber or double lightsaber double sided lightsaber but a switch one one that uh, flips open yeah. which we've seen in um, the animated series in the Clone Wars, and we've seen in the sort of expanded universe, extended universe, um, but now is the first time to see, and people, it's been buzzing. Is she really going to go dark? Is this just a vision like in Empire Strikes Back where Luke fights mm. uh, his his own dark self? He fights Darth Vader, who turns out to be him. Is it a vision from the dark side? Is it real? Uh, is she really going to the dark side? So there's a lot buzzing about it. Um, I, I think it's a misdirect. Obviously, I don't think they'd give away. Yeah, of course <laughs> not. Yeah. The, the twist so easily, but um, what a clever way to co- really kind of rekindle everyone's interest uh, in Ray is particularly given that that I think Ryan Johnson did her character some harm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, absolutely. Uh, especially in regards to like there wasn't a lot of development of her as a Jedi. As cool as she is as a character, don't get me wrong, she's very cool, right? There wasn't a lot of development uh, in that regard. Also, that this coincided with a lot of uh, Disney's pushing a lot of Star Wars content onto Disney Plus. So it's it's very obvious that that the future of Star Wars is also streaming. That it's not just Marvel stuff that's going over there and remakes of Lizzie McGuire or shit like that. But if you're a Star Wars fan you're going to be subscribed to Disney plus if you're going to watch the stuff that's coming out. Yeah, we definitely, I'll, I'll definitely get a Disney plus subscription and give you guys my passwords. <laughs> I promise. Well, There's yeah, another, I was going to take it from me anyway. There was a, in addition to you and McGregor, uh, Obi-Wan, there was also, uh, another, I think hint of clone wars, perhaps like a final season of clone wars. And then what else? There's one other star Wars thing that they were the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian, that's yeah. right. And that's John uh, Favreau produced. John Favreau, yeah. yeah. Yeah, with some really cool, um, I mean. I'm excited a, for The Mandalorian. I'm really yeah, excited for it. The, I mean, it's everyone's favorite. I mean, V, you could talk about Boba Fett for hours. Yeah, I mean, that was, uh, when we were growing up, that was, the Bounty Hunters was my thing. Like, everything was cool, but, like, it was always about the Bounty Hunters. And, like, you know, because I'm a fan of side characters. So, like, I've always been, you know, Bosk was always my favorite. Right, I'm just a lizard in a flight suit. I thought was hilarious. Jet, you know, and the, 
Jack Porkins, yeah, absolutely. He's like the one fat guy they called Porkins. I always thought was funny. Big what was the other know, Big's dark Big's Dark Lighter, which was like Luke's friend who used to uh Luke's friend uh from Tatooine. Yeah. Right? There's so there's like little side characters has always been my thing. So like I'm really excited for the Mandalorian because I just wanna I love to I love to see the expanded universe. And I mean, you know, you have the IG, I think IG eleven is in there. So like IG eighty eight was like a bounty hunter also. Right, so it's like this, like war droid that that ends up being a bounty. So that you know, it's going to be really cool. I'm excited to see bounty hunters. Yeah, and of course, mm-hmm. Pedro Pascal, right? Our favorite Oberon Mattel is going to be in this. He's going to take on the title role, the the Mandalorian gunfighter. So that's exciting. He's a brilliant, brilliant actor. Yeah. But the thing that hopefully really he keeps his eyes on this one. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that really kind of threw everyone for a loop though was that fucking. Werner Herzog was in this. Yeah, Herzog. Yeah. Of all the people, to, like, like people yeah. always wonder, like, these people actually ask, like, how, how did John Favreau pull that off? I mean, this guy's a crazy. Anyone who knows his story is like, this guy's insane. Um, and and he's one of those kind of legendary actors that you're like, what the fuck? And he lives a, a life that was, you know, practically fiction. So seeing him in Star Wars is a bit surreal and absurd. Yeah. So we'll see. It's I feel like it's like seeing Daniel Day Lewis in a Star Wars film. You know, like Werner Herzog in a in Mandalorians. Well, what do you know? It's the it's it's a good sign. Twenty nineteen, right? It's a good it's sign, a, I think, for the. It's a good yeah. sign. But I would never right. like, Her, like Herzog's in there. <laughs> Let's wrap it up here. Uh, this was a very nerd heavy and media heavy uh, episode. Hopefully, it was interesting for people hearing our kind of take on uh, the streaming services that are coming out, uh, Disney in general, Marvel, uh, Star Wars, and our little bit of a, a cynicism towards Sean Spicer, the bastard propagandist of the Trump administration. Uh, let us know what your thoughts are. You can get a hold of us, and Diz will let you know how you can do so. Yes, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash currently nerdy, Twitter at currently nerdy, Instagram at currently nerdy, Tumblr, currently nerdy.tumblr.com, YouTube, youtube.com slash currently nerdy. Um, we're on Stitcher, Google Play, and the iTunes podcast app. So please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all the uh, platforms that you can download podcasts from. And if you want to get a hold of us individually, you can. V, how can I get a hold of you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at VTran214. That's V-Y-T-R-A-N-214. Or on my website, thesandwichslayer.com. Ali? You can catch me on my website, aliolome.com, on our sister podcast, Head on History, or on my social media, Twitter and Instagram, A-A-O-L-O-M-I. I just did a bunch of new uh, tweets on Islamic esoterrorism, astrology, and uh, the jinn, so check that out on Twitter. Diz. You can find me everywhere at Dizbulla, D-I-Z-B-U-L-L-A-H, and also look out for a new project coming out from Currently Nerdy soon. For everyone here at Currently Nerdy, thank you for tuning in. And remember, stay smart, sexy nerds. All hail the current nerdy. Now.